Today, we are tying a bow on this series called Pass It On. We're in our final part, part four of this series. We're, we're talking about how do we share our faith in Jesus Christ? What does that look like? Uh, how do we do that? And before we really dive into today's message, I want to ask you um, if you would think with me. I want you to think with me of, of somebody that you know who lives within proximity to where we are right now. So someone who could actually get to church here at TJ on a Sunday morning. If you think of one person in your life who you, would, you just would love if they came to this church. Like you wish that they came to this church. Um, maybe it's somebody that can, has come across your mind when you've heard a certain sermon and you thought, oh man, I wish so-and-so were here. This would be the perfect thing if only they could hear this. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a family member. Does, does one person come to your mind? Or maybe, maybe it's a couple. Or maybe it's a whole family. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, and uh, this will make a lot more sense at the end, but in your bulletin, what you got when you came in, I'm going to ask you to, to do something with me right now. Um, there's a little connect card. It's this little flap on the side. Go ahead and take that, all right? And um, just where it says comments and prayer requests there, would you just, you, you don't have to do this, but, but um, if you would, put that person's name or the name of that family Okay, this is going to be in confidence. We're not going to like email them or call them or anything. No contact information, okay? Just their name. And um, we're, we're going to pray over all these names. But just, just write that down. And then I just want you to hold on to it. Don't lose it. And we're going to come back to that at the, at the very end of the service this morning. All right. Now, I don't know if there are some of you who are here this morning and... Um, you know, maybe this series has been instructional or informative as we've been talking about uh, why we share our faith and then how we share our faith. But I was wondering this week if maybe there's a whole bunch of us in this room that are like, you know what, the series has been pretty cool, but you know, it's also made me feel pretty guilty. Anybody feeling a little guilty out there? Like, you know, I know that this is something that I'm supposed to be doing. But I just, I'm just not doing it that much. And this has kind of put it back onto my radar again. And I'm kind of feeling bad that I'm not sharing my faith more. And maybe you're here this morning and what's going through your mind is, you know, I know that I should. I, I know that it's something that I should do. But here's the thing. That's just not my style. That's just not kind of the way that, that I do things. You know, I'm not the kind of person that's going to go door to door telling people about Jesus. I'm not the person who's going to go stand on the street corner with a megaphone and be telling everybody about the good news. That's just not my style. And so maybe there's some of us, and that's kind of where we're sitting here right now. And I've I've got some very good news for you today, and it's really where we're going with, with this message as we tie a bow on this series, is there is not just one style when it comes to sharing our faith. There's not just one way that it happens. There's many different ways, many, many different styles. And today, we are going to take a look at five different people in the Bible, in the New Testament, who shared their faith, and they did it in five very different ways. So, hopefully, you will be able to relate to at least one of these, maybe two, and you'll be able to find your style the, the way that fits you, the way you have been uniquely made by God to share your faith. So if you guys would, uh, would you join me? Let's pray real quick and then we'll, we'll dive in. 
Uh, God, we just want to say thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us to come together to be here. And um, God, uh, you know this is a sensitive topic when we think about sharing our faith in, in this day and age that we live in and in this city. Um, already our, our anxiety levels ratchet up a few notches. Uh, and, and mostly I think it's because, God, a lot of times we don't understand our, our unique style and the way that, uh, that you've made us to share. And so uh, my prayer for every single person in here is that you would help each one to find their style for, for what fits them to share their faith in a way that um, will be effective and it will be powerful because it will be uh, genuine and authentic. And so, Lord, we just uh, look forward to diving in and learning this morning. In Christ's name, amen. All right, we got five styles. Uh, this will, definitely will help you if you want to follow along because uh, you'll have to write these in. So here's the first one. We're just going to just boom right through these things. The first style for sharing your faith is the confrontational style. Okay, the confrontational style. Now, this style is like the classic style that we think about when we think about sharing our faith. And this style is embodied in a guy named Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He was actually the leader of the 12 disciples. And man, if you don't know much about Peter, here's the thing. Peter was completely outspoken. He was bold, and he was kind of a ready, fire, aim kind of guy. You know anybody like that? Like just, he was just out there getting after it. And the thing with Peter is he was never afraid to speak, and he was never afraid to confront somebody. So check out, um, check out what happens in, in the Gospel of Matthew. This is the tax collector, Matthew, who, who ended up being a follower of Jesus, and this is his account of Jesus' life. And death, and um, and so in Matthew's gospel, in chapter sixteen, verse twenty-two, what's happening is Jesus is explaining to his disciples that um, that because they're they're actually Peter's the one who confesses that Jesus, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God, and Jesus is sitting down with his disciples and he's telling them, listen, guys, the way that that I am actually going to redeem this world, it's not the way you think. What's going to happen is I am actually going to experience tremendous suffering and humiliation. I'm going, to, I'm going to hang on a cross. I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And that is how I'm going to overcome all the sin, all the evil, all the death in this world. And it's through faith in me that that is how we will have eternal life and righteousness. And so he's taken the time to explain all this and just check out what Peter does after he hears this explanation from Jesus. Now remember, he's just confessed that Jesus actually is God. This is the next thing out of his mouth. He says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Okay, so here's the deal. Peter, he, was, he, he did not shy away from any sort of confrontation. So if he could say this to someone he just confessed was God, I mean, this guy was incredibly, incredibly bold. So when we see Peter in Acts chapter 3, now Acts is the history of the early church. This is after Jesus' death and his resurrection. It's no surprise then, and we talked about this three weeks ago at the, at the opening of this series, that Peter now is, uh, is outside of the temple, 
and there's a huge crowd of people, and he heals a crippled beggar. Remember this if you were here three weeks ago. He heals a crippled beggar, and this beggar is so excited, this crippled man who becomes, who becomes fully healed, that he's causing all this commotion, and this huge crowd of people gathers around. And so basically, Peter launches into a four-part sermon. Okay, Now you have to remember, he is speaking to a Jewish audience. Okay, Speaking to a Jewish audience. Check out the confrontational style here. We see it in in Acts 3 in verses 15 and 19. I'm just going to paraphrase because this is his four-part sermon in case you missed it three weeks ago. This was the four parts. Ready? Okay. You killed him. Speaking of Jesus. You killed him. God raised him. We've seen him. Now say you're sorry. Okay? those, Those were the four parts. And you, you gotta remember, he was saying that, and, and it was the, it was the Jewish people who had voted, right, before Pontius Pilate. They had voted, do, do we wanna, do we wanna crucify Jesus, or do we wanna take Barabbas? And it was like, no, Jesus, he's a blasphemer, he's claiming to be God, right? And so Peter is just in their face. I mean, this is, how much more confrontational can you possibly get than, you killed him! This is Peter. Now, there are some of you out here, and you're like, yeah, this is good stuff! Because this is your style. Some of you out here, you are Peters. You have no problem speaking the truth. You have no problem telling it like it is to somebody's face. If they get upset, guess what? They'll get over it, right? They'll get over it. Come on, let's just, just, the truth will set you free, right? Let's go, let's have some truth. And here's the deal, here's the deal. Because you guys get a bad rep sometimes, right, for, for being confrontational. But the deal is this. This is really important because, and those of you who are confrontational, you know this, because there are certain people in this world and the only way that they're actually going to hear what they need to hear is when somebody confronts them. When somebody calls them out and someone gets a little bit up in their face and just says, let me, I got to tell you something. You're not going to like it, but you need to hear this, right? Those of you who are confrontational, you know, because probably somebody got up in your face at some point and some light bulbs came on. So if that is your style, we're going to go all through these five today. I'm going to have a word for each each group of you guys figuring out your style. If you have a confrontational style, you're a Peter, okay? Here's the big thing that I just, I, I want to urge you. Please make sure that you ask God for wisdom and guidance for knowing when to speak and who to speak to and just exactly what to say, okay? Because you know, man, those words are powerful. And if you're, if you're trying to speak truth into someone and, and you haven't gauged, or like last week we talked about, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I mean, we've got to have incredible discernment. Okay, God, are you saying, is this, is this what I need to make this? Okay, is this what I need to do? And then to do it. So please make sure you ask God for wisdom and guidance as you use the power of your words. All right, so that's style number one, confrontational. Number two is intellectual, the intellectual style. And uh, this really is, uh, is seen so well in the Apostle Paul. We have spent a lot of time talking about Paul, actually the past two Sundays, because let's just say it, he was like the greatest Christian evangelist ever. He started churches all over the place. Um, I mean, he wrote much of the New Testament. And so what we see, Paul, and, and I've, I brought back the same scripture we looked at last week, See, Paul, he loved to get into discussions and dialogues and debates. This was Paul's thing. He was incredibly well-learned. And so 
I'll read this one again for you in Acts 17, 17. It says, So Paul reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. So Paul, it didn't even matter like which audience he was talking to. If he was talking to a Jewish audience, and that was his whole background, was, was Jewish background before he came to faith in Jesus Christ, he would go into the synagogue and he would have these in-depth conversations where he would open up the scriptures and he would say, hey, you know where it says right here in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, that there's this coming Messiah, there's this anointed one, and he is actually going to suffer for the sins of Israel and the sins of the world. This is actually Jesus of Nazareth. And he would reason with them. And he would say, listen, we've all been waiting for this Messiah, but it's just not, it's not a political Messiah. It's not a Messiah who's coming kind of in the way that we were expecting. It's, it's a whole different way. He's come to redeem us spiritually. And so he would do that. But then also he was out in the marketplace talking to philosophers and pagans and people who didn't come from monotheistic traditions. And, and he would reason with them using philosophy and get into all sorts of discussions and dialogues. This was Paul's style. And for some of you, you're a Paul. This is your style. You get fascinated, not just with, you know, hearing that God loves you and that Jesus died for you, but trying to make the case for how does this all make sense? And how do I, how do I make sense of some of these difficult theological issues? And you like to dive into the evidence for, for, for Jesus Christ and getting into the archaeology and the history and all this kind of stuff. You know, what do we know that we know that we know? So, if that's you today, I have to tell you that, um, that this style, just as in all of these, but this one particularly, I think, in our 21st century in Washington, D.C., is really big because there are just a lot of people with a lot of questions and they really want to get in and dialogue and debate and try and wrestle with, with difficult issues and topics. And so if you're here today and you are a Paul, that, that fascinates you. Here's what I want to say to you. Please push into that. You know, those books that you read, the things that you study, keep pushing in. Keep equipping yourself. Keep finding more resources. Okay, get into some Christian apologetics, right? That's kind of making the case for why we can believe in Jesus Christ and making the case for Christianity. And one of the big things that you can do, and especially the, the longer that you kind of get into this stuff, what you'll find is you start reading just one side. You just start reading like all the, you know, oh, here's why you can believe in why. But make sure you're staying in tune with kind of what, what everybody, what, what the other side's thinking. You know, what are, what are the big things? What are the big stumbling blocks? That push into that. If that is your style, go after it. Study it, read it, and use that style. All right. Number three is the testimonial style. We see this in the Gospel of John chapter 9, and uh, this is the story of the man who was born blind, and, and then he runs into Jesus. And Jesus heals this man, but there's one slight problem. Jesus heals this man born blind, but he heals him on the Sabbath day, which was a big, big no-no in the Jewish culture. Jesus was Jewish. And so all of a sudden, the religious leaders, those Pharisees who kept 
the letter of the law, like every last little thing, they would get into huge debates about what is work on the Sabbath, and healing somebody was considered work on the Sabbath, as crazy as that sounds to us today. And so basically, they were like, oh man, okay, we got a major problem here. We're, we're going to figure out what's going on. And so the Pharisees basically, they, they summoned this man who had just been healed. We pick up the story in uh, verse 13 of John's Gospel in chapter 9. It says, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. And then verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, this man, meaning Jesus, is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Skipping on to verse 24. So they've got the guy there, and they say, give glory to God by telling the truth. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. So let's see how the man replies. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. What's so brilliant about this? This guy doesn't go all Peter, okay? He's not, he doesn't go into a big confrontation. He doesn't pull a Paul and try and get into some theological, you know, the Sabbath, and could he be a sinner, and how could he do the signs? He's not going that route. What does he do? Listen, all I know is this, man. <laughs> I can see. What does he do? He simply tells his story. Now, we talked about this two weeks ago. And uh, if you weren't here that day, I, I, I urge you, please go back and listen to the sermon from two weeks ago. Because this is one of the most powerful, one of the most effective things that we can do today in our 21st century world that we live in, which is a live and let live, don't tell me what to do society, right? Don't put your beliefs on me, don't, don't tell me what I should do or believe, right? But it's, it's cool. you want to tell me a story about what's, what God's done in your life, what's happening in your life? Oh, okay, I'll listen to that. It's incredibly powerful. And so here's the thing. Whether this is your gift or not, this is one thing that we all should do, and here's why. We all should have a story. And if you go back and listen to that message two weeks ago, or many of you who were here and you remember, we carved out time right in that service to answer those three questions that we looked at based out of Acts chapter 26 and Paul's story. And the deal is this. At some point, people are going to ask you, and if you don't have some brilliant theological thing or, you know, you, it's not coming to you, you can tell your own story. It's powerful, okay? So there will come a day when someone's going to ask you, and I believe that we should all be prepared to do that. But, okay, having said that, that we all should, should work on our story. There are some of you who are here, and this is your style. Like, maybe you just love talking about yourself. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but... You, you put your story together and it flows, it makes sense, it feels compelling to you, um, you, you just in, and you found you enjoy telling it. People ask you and you found already that you've been able to share bits and pieces of your story. It feels natural and people seem to respond to it. So listen, if that is you, if, if, if you have that style, that testimonial style where you can share your story, please, please lean into it. That story that you've, that you've crafted, work on it. 
You might have like a, a long version. Have like the elevator speech version, like the little hook where you just give them a little bait, you know, and then see if you can get them. I'm serious. If this is your style, this is your gift, hone that and work on sharing that and tell your story to everybody you can. All right. Style number four. It's service. Okay? This, we, we actually share our faith through serving other people. Now, we see this style in a woman named Dorcas. It's kind of an unfortunate name. Um, so we see her, we, we meet her very, very briefly. She just gets a tiny little window in Acts chapter 9, middle of uh, Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. And um, this is what it says about Dorcas. It says, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. I think she should have gone with Tabitha, but anyway. Um, so this is Dorcas. And here we go. It says, she was always doing good and helping the poor. Now, this is a disciple of Jesus. And because of her faith, she is just out doing good for people. She's out serving the poor. And um, we know that this, she was actually pretty well known. I mean, she was a pretty important person because um, when she, she actually gets sick and she dies. And Peter, this now he, I mean, he is like big time guy, right? So Jesus is gone and Peter and Paul and some others, they're going around. And so Peter hears that Dorcas has died. And so he actually comes to see where she's lying and be with the family and all the friends and, and all that. And um, she'd obviously made a big impact because we see in verse 39, it says that all the widows stood around Peter, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. So she had a profound impact on people just by using her style, which was serving other people. Now, her style, again, it wasn't like Peter. It wasn't like Paul. It wasn't even like the blind man. But she was just quietly behind the scenes going about her business of just loving on people and serving people who are in need. Now, there are some of you who are here this morning, and this is your style. You are a Dorcas, all right? This is... <laughs> This is, this, is, this is your deal. See, we're all called to serve, right? As followers of Jesus, I mean, Jesus came to serve. He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. So as followers, every single one of us is called to serve. We know that, and just about all of us do in some way. But not all of us like it. Let's just be honest, okay? A lot of us are like, oh, I know I need to do it, and you just kind of do it. But there are many of you who are here, and man, service puts the wind in your sails. You love to serve. It's your style. It's your gift. It's a joy. It fulfills you. It doesn't drain you. It renews you. And let me just say, if that is you and you love to serve people, then I just want to ask one question because some, for some of you, you may not have thought of it this way, but did you ever think that that actually could be a way that you share your faith? Like some of you love to serve in many different capacities, but have you ever thought specifically of serving people who you know are far from God? Who you know that in terms of where they are on their spiritual journey, man, they are just like, you know, they're, they're, they're nowhere where, where you think that they could be. 
Are you using your gift of service? Maybe it's actually your style to help reach people, to help share your faith. Now, here's the big one if, if your style is service, okay? And this is going to be tough because you're a behind-the-scenes person primarily. This is what you love to do. But you're, part of you is drawn to this and not some of the other styles because you don't actually have to say anything. You just go love people and you're just a good example and all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. Okay, here's the big challenge for you, and this one's going to hurt a little bit. Okay, you must be prepared to have an answer when people ask you, why are you doing all this? Why are you so nice? I mean, what is it about you? And there will be a day where it'll come, and it may not be as overt as that, but there will be a day where you get fielded a question where you see people are sense like they're trying to figure out what is wrong with this person, okay? <laughs> What's wrong with them? You, you, I'm serious. If you're a service person, you're not going to want to do this. You're going to want to pretend like you never heard this, okay? But this is the critical thing because you already served like crazy and you love it. When they ask, what's your answer? You got to have an answer and you need to prepare it now. Now. What's your one sentence answer to that? And it's got to be genuine for you. It has to be authentic. It can't be something that I said, but I'm going to give you an example. It's just an example, okay? So you might say something, again, this is just an example. Find your own voice and your own words in this. But you might say something like, you know, when I asked, why, do you, why are you just so giving and serving and, you know, da 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 You know, here's the thing. God's just been so good to me in my life that this is just my way of giving back to him. Like, I serve ultimately for him. Now, again, that has to be, you've got to figure out what's uniquely for you, what's genuine and authentic. But please, when they ask, don't just go, ah, oh, and just kind of laugh it away. Because this may be actually the unique way that God has gifted you. And when they actually are curious and wondering, this is the moment. Don't miss the moment. Have that little phrase or that little sentence. And then if they want to know more, then you can, you can talk more. But ha- have something. Have a reason for why you serve. I cannot stress that one enough. And I know many of you are like, no, 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 no. Please, you got to do that one, okay? Last style. Last one, the invitational style. The invitational style. We see this in, um, in John's Gospel, chapter 4, with the Samaritan woman at the well. Some of you are familiar with, with this story. So there is um, a woman, and she's, she's uh, drawing water from the well, and she runs into Jesus. And, um, and Jesus starts getting into this discussion with this woman, which was already completely taboo at that time, okay, that he would even be engaging with a woman. But he is, because that's who Jesus is, because that's who God is, okay? And so he, he's getting into this conversation with this woman, and like literally he's blowing this woman's mind. So she's talking about water. You want me to draw some water? And he's like, do you, do you want to never thirst again? Do you want some water that never runs dry? She's like, what is he talking about? I mean, she, she's just no idea what's happening. She's not tracking with the conversation until Jesus gets to a part that just can, really helps to connect some dots for her. So it, we get to verse 16 in the story of uh, John chapter 4. It says, Jesus told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. (laughs) Whoa, okay, now she's tracking, okay? (laughs) 
what was all that stuff about water? I did not get thirsty. And, you know, she's, she's, she's on board now, okay? So we, we fast forward to verse 28. Then, leaving her water jar, the whole reason that she came was to get some water, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, now, pause for a second. This woman was, was she was an outcast, okay? This was a woman not living the, the, the model life, if you know what I'm saying. All right? She was coming to the water at noontime, you didn't come to the water, you didn't come to the well at noontime, unless you really just were not free to associate with others who would come at the cooler times of the day. So she runs back to this town where she's very much an outcast. And check this out. She said, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? It says they came out of the town and made their, made their way toward him. Maybe they just wanted to hear everything that she'd ever done. I don't know, I'm just kidding, but so what I love about this, this is this is so cool to me. This woman, okay, she has very little influence in her community. And she doesn't even have it all figured out. It's not like she's running being like, oh, you know, I just met the Son of God. She's like, could this be? She's still figuring it out. All she's doing is like, you know what? I don't know everything here. But I have just experienced something that I can't explain, and you all need to come and check this out. Right? She just invited people. And for some of you who are here this morning, this is your style. Right? You have a knack for inviting people to stuff. Like, you invite people, just come. They can't say no to you. That's the deal. And so... Some of you, you, you invite people, you can invite them to church, you can invite them to your community group, you can invite them to do some sort of a service project, you can invite people to all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and people just respond. And you love to invite. And if that is you, if you love inviting, if it comes naturally to you, if you're good at it, then here's what I want to say to you. Push into it. If that's your style, think about this. This may be the way that God has uniquely made you to be able to share and spread the good news of what he's doing in this world. So I hope if that's your style, if that's your gift, that you're inviting everybody you know, friends, coworkers, neighbors, everybody. I hope you're pushing into your gift. Whatever whatever one of those gifts, whatever one of those styles, push into it. Realize that maybe that is how God has equipped you for the purpose of spreading this incredible message of God's love for the world. Now, whether this is your style or not, this invitational style, this is something that we can all do. And I am going to actually ask Lyle and Natasha, where are you guys? Okay, yeah, uh, Lyle and Natasha, would you guys come up? This is their style. This is their, their gift area. You guys give them a welcome up onto the stage. Okay, so thank you guys for, for being here. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so the reason that I asked Lyle and Natasha to be here is because it seems like just about every Sunday when they come in, there's like some random person with them that I haven't met before. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, there's just constantly all these different people that they're inviting. And so what I wanted to do is, is have Lyle and Natasha come up for, for this purpose. Um, 
I believe that this is actually one of the, one of the easiest things that we can do. But here's the thing. Many of us have no clue what that would even look like. So rather than me telling you, because you're like, oh, well, he's a pastor, and you know, he gets paid to do that, and so you just discredit me instantly, okay? <laughs> These guys sit right, where do you guys normally sit? Right around in there somewhere, okay? Pretty much every week. And uh, a lot of times you guys are accom- accompanied by people that you've invited. So let me ask you, Lyle, um, how do you do that, right? I mean, how, how do you invite all these different people, kind of big picture, high level? I think that the, uh, the biggest thing that we do very well is um, conveying our energy and enthusiasm. And so I think that it's, it's less about what we say and what we believe in and more so about how awesome the experience has been for us, and people can just sense that. Okay, so, okay, so you're kind of, you convey that positive. All right, all right. But break it down for us, okay? Let's get real practical, okay? How would you engage in a conversation with some? Just take us through, actually walk us through that conversation with a colleague or, or whoever. How does that work? Sure. So um, I had a couple of these conversations yesterday, and typically at the end of the week, whether it be talking to the people at work or whether it be friends or guys I play softball with, asking what you have going on this weekend, right? And they're telling me about their weekend. Of course, they're going to ask me, what are you doing this weekend? And so let them know that we have certain things going on, but Natasha and I are really excited about the church service on Sunday, in this case, talking about Nyla's dedication, and could just, you know, feel that enthusiasm. And the question I directed back at them was, where do you go to church? And you're obviously going to get two answers there. It's either going to be, I attend XYZ Church, and first of all, as I'm seeking to understand, I support them in that and uh, learn a little, about, little bit about their church, but still let them know that we'd love to have them come to, uh, come to Grace and join us for a weekend so they can see maybe a different way of seeing things. The other answer that you're going to get is, I don't go to church, which was, was me. I never attended church my entire life until a couple of years ago, and so I share that brief story with them and let them know that we attend a great church. It's off of Glebe Road. It's laid back. It's very, very welcoming. Natasha and I would love to have you and your wife or you and, or you and yourself come join us for the day. Mm. And you throw that, sometimes you throw in that little line, we, our vision statement, that church for people who don't go to church. Of course. Yeah, you guys like to slip <laughs> that good. in, right? right? <laughs> it works in nicely. Right. Always works. Okay, so, um, okay, so kind of asking about the weekend, and then they reciprocate that, and you just kind of slip it in. And boom, you're, you're there. Do you, do you invite them to like a specific service? I mean, how does, how does that all work? You know, cause I mean, your hit rate is crazy. It's crazy good. <laughs> we got to know. I don't think that, and sweetie, maybe you have before, but I don't invite them to a particular service. It's, it's all about the, the positive energy and it could be the service this Sunday or it could be a Sunday in November. From our perspective, it's not going to make a difference. We're both going to have a very, very positive experience. And if we convey that to people, they want to come. Okay. And sometimes you slip a little brunch invitation in there too, don't you? We do go to brunch sometimes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, just take notes. You know, take notes. This is, how, this is how it works. All right, so another question for you. Um, I mean, are, do you guys feel at all awkward or, you know, reluctant to, to share that or to make that invitation? T- tell us about that. No, we absolutely have no reservations whatsoever inviting people to Grace because we leave here feeling happy and positive. And as many people as Lyle talks to, I know that there'll come a day when somebody's going to say, absolutely not. (laughs) And when that day comes, Lyle will probably break down and cry. (laughs) 
But I'm just going to have to tell them that they're missing out. We've, we've received such positive feedback from people that have visited Grace, and it's rewarding for us to see the people that we care about laugh because they find something funny or cry because they're touched. And it's a proud moment for us to see our friends and family um, talk about our church to other people. So to me, inviting people to Grace is a win-win. And as my wonderful husband-to-be here would put it, it's um, good stuff. Right, Baba? <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Awesome. So, so again, just, just big picture, high level, mm-hmm. okay? What's, what do you think is the most important thing when it comes to extending that invitation to somebody? The most important thing for me would be demonstrating how positive and welcoming it really is. Because everyone comes here from the, from the moment you walk into the parking lot, you have the greeters out there, and then you have Big Russ making everybody feel great. I mean, we tell people about Big Russ. It's great. <laughs> um, and then you come in, and you have the greeters and Chris and Carlene, and everyone here is positive and shares their faith in their own unique way. And Derek and Pastor John and Brian and all the staff here, they just do such a wonderful, wonderful job. There's really no reason why anyone shouldn't experience it. And 100% of the people who have attended left here feeling better about their relationship with God and themselves, and it's just a great way to start the day. And these are all like super churchy people, right? The Not at right? all. Not at all. People from my work, I've forced them. I've told them. I'll, I've bribed them. them. That's, that's next threatened. week's sermon. I've threatened to. Okay, we I've weren't supposed to share to. this part, Natasha. The forcing, I'm the threatening. threatening all of it. And it all works, and they all thank me, and it's great. They all leave. They all leave happy. It's a happy place. Why not? Everybody should experience it. It's a win-win for everybody. Bottom line, it's, it can hurt. You should always invite people. It's about sharing, and we love it. We're happy here, and it's, we should share it with people. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody? Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. So I want to just close with, uh, with one little interesting nugget that I came across this past week. So there is a, a book that came out recently called The Unchurched Next Door. And um, in this book, they cited a, uh, a survey that was, that was done, a national survey that was done, um, of people who did not attend church anywhere. So this is unchurched people. And they just asked them, you know, would you be likely to attend church if someone invited you? These are people who don't go to church at all. And the, the statistic was, I did like a triple take when I, when I saw this. This is what the statistic said, the research found, okay, from this survey. 82% of those people who didn't go to church at all said that they would be at least somewhat likely to attend church if they were invited. That's staggering to me. But you know what's one of the most sobering statistics on the back end of that? That only 2% of the churched people who were surveyed had actually invited an unchurched person to attend. Only 2%. So, as I sit here and I think about, you know, we're concluding this series, um, that person that comes to your mind that you would love to come to grace, 
could they be in that 82%? And are they only just an invitation away? You know, um, the series we're starting next week, I started out the beginning talking about this, we're starting next week a series on prayer. Now, do you know that the number one reason why someone who doesn't go to church would go to church? You know, the number one reason of those surveyed said is to be closer to God. That makes sense, right? If they're going to come, they're going to come to be closer to God. We're starting a series, and no, we didn't think this all out like this. It just happened this way, okay? We're starting this series on prayer. What is prayer? <laughs> it's about, really, it's about how do we get closer to God? Just about everyone, whether they go to church or not, they actually do pray at some point. So, here's what I want to propose to you. Is there someone this week that you could invite? Just a small little step that you could just reach out, find out what they're up to this weekend. When they ask you, just kind of slip in the way Lyle and Natasha do before Natasha starts threatening people. Um, <laughs> That you, you could just say, hey, you know, I come to church and I love my church. It's so cool. You should come check it out. And we're doing this new series on prayer, just how to be closer to God. That's, what, that's, the, that's the thing. Could you do that? Could you try that this week? Lyle and Natasha would be happy to give you some one-on-one counseling after the service. Just find them. They'll coach you, whatever you, whatever you need. Okay? Now, when they, this is actually a great weekend. And here's why it's a great weekend. Because, you know, one of my friends and neighbors, you know, the number one thing they tell me about why they, why they, they're like, oh man, I'm just so crazy busy, man. Like, and Sunday is like the one day where you don't have a million things going on. Okay. Well, this happens to be a holiday weekend. So if they're around, they've got like an extra day to just get something. I'm serious. It's, it's a good weekend. If you're around, this is a good weekend to go to church because you got an extra day off. Well, if they turn you down and they say, oh man, you know, sorry, we're away, or you know, whatever, da, da, da. Say, man, that's, that's, you know what, that's okay. In fact, next week's even better. <laughs> because next week, next week, we're doing this thing at Grace, this is true, we're doing this thing at Grace called Food Truck Sunday, okay? And man, we're having some food trucks come in, and everybody who brings a friend, we eat free and you eat free. So would you come just help me get a free lunch? Okay? It's not about you. Help me. Help me get my free lunch. All right? And see what happens. What if we just took that one little step today? Maybe it's that person on your card that you wrote down this morning. So um, that's something to think about for this morning. Why not give that a shot? All right. Would you guys pray with me? We're going to close out the service. Uh, God, we just want to say thank you that there is not just one style when it comes to sharing our faith and to sharing your incredible love with this world. God, but there's so many different ways, different styles that we can share our faith. And I just pray this morning that, um, that you would just help all of us, hopefully just about all of us in this room, have realized a style or two that that works for us or is more natural for us. It could be more effective for us. And I just pray, God, for every single person here that you would help us to lean into the style that fits us because that's the way you've made us. And I just, I just pray, God, 
that you would, you would utilize us to spread your incredible message of love to this world. Lord, um, for all those cards, for every single name that has been written on all these cards, God, uh, these are people who we care deeply about. They're special to us. There's a reason that we wrote down their name. And Lord, right now, we all just, together, we just lift them up. We lift every single written name up to you. We pray, God, that you, right now, would be visiting with them. Right now, you'd be softening their hearts. That you'd be making them more receptive to you and to your love. And maybe even to a possible invitation from one of us here. We pray, God, that they would be in that 82% and that they may even respond if we would just have the courage to ask. We thank you, God, for this series, and we just pray that you'd help us to take all these things from these past four weeks that we've learned about how to share our faith, God, and that you, by your Spirit, would just empower us to just have the same heart for people that you do, and to reach out, God, and that you would do amazing things in and through all of this. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.